Hey guys, welcome back to the Brown and Purple podcast. My name is Matt. And I'm Cole. And today we are going to discuss uh, the draft a little further. Um, For me, I'm going to be discussing the draft dummies. And Cole? Going to talk a little bit about some of the draft winners today. Outside of the AFC North, of course. And to be perfectly honest with everybody, um, there's a good, good to great chance that Cole and I are going to be the draft dummies because who knows? Maybe, <laughs> maybe Jordan Love is Jesus Christ and playing football, and uh, you know other bad picks look amazing a couple years down the line. So, without much I mean, further, just, oh, go ahead. Yeah, just just playing the odds, we're going to be the draft dummies here. Like, I mean, we're not scouts, we're not NFL GMs. We don't understand the composition of whatever the heck the needs of the Jacksonville Jaguars are. Besides a lot. Uh, quarterback. Um, we're, the, we're the draft dummies here, but oh, we're still gonna we're gonna pass check. Oh, I can tell you what the Jacksonville Jaguars number one need is, and they didn't address it in the draft. You ready? I'm ready. Fans. Ooh. <laughs> got oh, him. Wow. All right. So yeah. um without much further ado, Cole, you want to start and I like to end things negatively, I guess. Yeah, let's do that. And then I think we're gonna talk a little bit about our our two teams uh schedules that were just released and, and uh, we might do that. We'll have to see that um, time permitting. If not, if not yeah. we'll do that in another podcast. Time permitting. We might go into that a little bit. Anyways, let's kick off the draft winners. Uh, I think the best class outside of the AFC North, I know we talked extensively about how much we liked. Oh, come um, on. Stroke my ego a little bit our, more, Cole. Both of our classes, um, and then also the Bengals class, I thought that those were all pretty excellent. Um, you see a lot of love towards the Vikings. I don't know. It seems just like kind of a quantity over quality thing. I mean, I like their first couple picks, but yeah, I, they I'm, really I'm, seem like I'm they, looking they didn't at, go for the guys I liked late. Um, I'm looking at their draft class and the way that like this is all set up on the page. I cannot count the number of players they have. They had, <laughs> what, five in the seventh round? Like, there's a good chance they're not going to make uh, the rosters are a little different. I don't know how the roster rules are going to be this year, considering it's a 50. They're not dramatically different. Well, it's a 53. It's a 53 man roster, but the only exception is that the practice squad's a little for, um, you, you don't have to submit if you're sending a player down to practice squads um, to, you don't have to submit that player to waiver claims and you are allowed to dress and activate two of those practice squad players per week, per game. So there is a chance that the 53-man roster turns into a 63-man roster in, like, all technicality, except you can't dress. I think you can only have 48 people active. But um, I don't know, man. I loved Justin Jefferson, but that was from a Ravens perspective, just because he's a middle-of-the-field monster and we could have used him like that. But besides that, I'm, I'm not excited about anybody. He's a great player. I also really like Jeff Gladney. Um, Ezra Cleveland is someone that, you know, Browns fans are, are familiar with the name for more than one reason. Uh, he was mocked to us in a lot of things with, with the trade down discussion. Uh, he's, he's a decent enough player. He's athletic. You know, maybe he can become something. He's not there yet, but Dantzler is another good corner. I like where they got him. Um, Harrison Hand is solid. But Kelly, Kenny, Willikies or wherever the heck that's pronounced yeah. in Michigan State. He's he's a good player too, but maybe you know when you're talking about fifth, sixth, seventh round picks, they're just not my guys. So I, they, I don't they know. Like I, a little bit of a waste. 
I was looking at County Willekes before the um, the draft actually happened. I didn't expect him to go in round seven. Um, I'll tell you that. I don't. Yeah. I'm not a draft <laughs> evaluator, so I have no real idea why he would go higher than seven. But he he seemed like he was good enough. So, I mean, yeah. if if experts seem to like it, I have no real complaints. There's so many players, and if the hit rate is about like what thirty percent, I mean, you take more shots, you get more hits, right? That's true. All right. Well, enough about the Vikings. I kind of have mixed feelings about them. I won't call them a winner, but they're not really a loser either. Um, Cowboys. Cowboys. Boys. I don't know what's going on over there. I think that there was that report that Jerry Jones was just going to call all the shots himself. I can't believe that's true with the players that they pick. I mean, CeeDee Lamb is, is the flashiest pick they could have picked there, so maybe Love that could do it. But him at 17 overall, that's that's unreal. A lot of people think he's the best wide receiver in the class. Well, I, I did. think he's too. I, I like Judy personally. Um, but the kid can play. I mean, he played for, for Baker, Kyler, uh, Jalen, and made all of them look great. And not that those are bad quarterbacks, obviously. I, I don't think that. But the, the kid can play. He can, he can play through quarterback change. I'm excited to see him in this Cowboys offense line up with Gallup. With Cooper, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, and with um, Bradley and I in the fifth, I thought he was going to go a lot higher. Maybe it was a medical oh, yeah. red third, flag. Third rounder. I wanted third. him. So, you know, because they got him so late, I, I, I just wanted to know what the Ravens saw that I didn't see. Uh, it, it has probably a lot to do with medical. Um, everything's a little different considering the coronavirus basically um, handicapped everybody in terms of medical checks and meetings right. or whatever. But um, – I don't know. Hey, what what do you think the chances of uh, Ben DiNucci uh, becoming the starting cow, uh, Cowboys quarterback is? Uh, about the same chances of that little photoshopped image of Andy Dalton having blue hair are the same as that not being a photoshopped image. Uh, no, I don't know, man. Uh, Dak Prescott was a fourth rounder. I'd like to point that out. So, you know. That's th- true. They I get- think Ben DiNucci was just like a, a – a, scratch in the back i think he's got some mccarthy ties like he's somebody's there's some weird nepotism or something like that going on so he's semi-local he's he's from a semi-local college to me and um i just know just because we got another udfa from james madison that they were good last year um they play in uh the same division as like north dakota state so like the carson wentz's of the world yeah Um, the the trey trey lance yeah so uh Maybe he's good. We don't know. I just, I just was gonna make fun of Possibly. them for for saying how good of a pick Dak Prescott is. Yeah, Dak is something. He's he's interesting. He's good value, I guess. Um, Biadish, or however the heck you say Tyler Biadish's name. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of how it's spelled. The center from Wisconsin. You know, he can play for a fourth round pick, getting a starter. That's a big deal. You want the corn eaters from Wisconsin along your offensive line. The knock with those is because they're so well coached. They don't have a high ceiling. They don't have a lot to, to grow. But You're right. If they're good it, coming out of starter. college. You, yeah. you, he's a quality center. You know, that's good enough. You don't need a star center. It's fine. All right. All right so are, are you all set on the, the, the Cowboys draft? Oh. Yeah, more or less. I mean, Trevon Diggs, he's he's a player who could have gone in the first at corner from Alabama. You know, Stefan's brother uh, kind of lacks the long speed, but 
can stick with players that he gets his hands on. So you like that from a press coverage guy. And then Gallimore, just a solid defensive tackle. They, they pick well. You know, they pick well. All right, go, okay. go for it. Moving on. Uh, the next class that I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, I'm looking at, at some grades here, and I'm seeing that the Dolphins are consistently getting A's. Uh, this is dipping a little bit into like the draft dummies. I really think they wasted their draft capital considering what they went into. Looking at the class that they pulled together, it just doesn't look like, you know, wow, they had three first rounders and so many picks, and this is what they came out with. Two is um, great. I like Tua, but Austin Jackson's a huge reach, like picked 50 spots ahead of Josh Jones. Are you kidding? It's stupid. Uh, so for me, uh, I think that the Dolphins were one of those teams that obviously they needed a quarterback, but they're not good enough on really any position minus maybe corner that they um, really needed to do draft by need. So, yes, you, you need an offensive lineman. Yes, you need, uh, I don't know, maybe you need a slot corner, but you didn't really need to go for the, the players you went for when you went for them. And if you, if you wanted to, you could have traded back. I mean, I'm sure lots of teams would have been interested in the 18th overall pick. Um, yep. I don't know about the 30th, just because most of the talent was kind of about the same at that point. Uh, you know, I don't, you know, hate these players, obviously, just because I don't really know a whole lot about them. It's just, if you're going to go reach for players, I, I, I think that, it's not a smart decision if you have as much draft capital as you do and as many holes as the Dolphins do. So I like I mean, they the sort of pull at long snapper in this draft. Yeah. Not li- even in the seventh round. I like Robert Hunt. He was linked to the Ravens. Um, I don't know about him going 39, whatever. Um, Raekwon Davis is always interesting just because he's a um, D lineman from Alabama and they generally get drafted high. I, I don't know. I don't love him. Um, Curtis Weaver was another player I thought would go higher. Um, fifth round out of Boise State, edge rusher. Um, yeah. So they got him. But, you know, none of these players excite me. Even Tua is a little bit of a question mark. I know a lot of people are pretty certain he'll come back from injury. It's just he's had a lot of injuries along his plant leg, which for him would be his right leg. So it, it leads to a question on whether or not he has, you know, the – the body type to survive in the NFL. So yeah. it there's, there, there's just too many players on this list that I'm not sure of. I don't know. For me you, to like it. Yeah. I'm yeah. with you. And then Austin or not, not Austin Jackson. I'm talking about Tua's injury concerns a little bit more. I'm not so much the repeat injury concern kind of guy, but I am, I am concerned about the fact that I think he got hit 77 times. I mean, I think that's the right number in his collegiate career, and he had three major injuries off of that. Yeah, that's not times, a good percentage. Three major injuries, not good at all. Fitzpatrick, the Dolphins quarterback last year, got hit, I think, over 170 times. I mean, and this is coming from it's, – it's funny because no one's, no one's concerned about Tua Tagovailoa's draft hist- or injury history, but they're also concerned about Lamar's history. It's like – well, it's, it's not so much – how many times you get hit is what happens when you get hit, right? Or how yep. you get hit. Yep. Yep. And it seems like Tua gets hit hit worse and or just doesn't handle the hits as well. 
So Lamar gets a bajillion and six hits um, when he doesn't run out of bounds. When he scrambles, even he gets hit in the pocket. He got lots of hits in the, um, you know, college. If you add up all three years he started in Louisville, but he never had any injuries. Um, Tua doesn't isn't as mobile, so he won't get hurt outside of the pocket more. But he gets hurt just enough in inside the pocket to like make you scratch your head and you're like, maybe this is a concern. Yeah, and, people talk about like there's some some oh people are overblowing. You can't control injuries. Like it's it's random. Blah 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 blah. Um, it's not just because he's small. It's not because he's small. I mean, if you watch him get hit. The, the kid is, has so much competitive instinct to keep fighting. He just looks like a disaster. It's a disaster every single time Tua gets hit. I don't know how to explain it. Just, well, just, you have, uh, have let, to let's compare him, him to a player who does the exact opposite, Kyler Murray. Anytime anyone comes near Kyler Murray, he's on the ground. And part of, <laughs> yeah. part of me as a football fan hates to see that just because it's like, dude, you just gave up. But when you it, the exact opposite of – fighting through when it's like it's like when a running back gets a ball and then runs like six six yards like negative six yards just to try to break a a play that's obviously broken sometimes yeah. you just have to cut your losses and with Tua I'm not sure he wants to and obviously it's something you can teach it's something you can learn over time but if you're always injured right you're not going to have the opportunities to improve as much as you should all I'm saying is I'd take Tua to perform a Eli Manning-esque throw to David Tyree to beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl before I would take Kyler Murray to make that throw. Kyler Murray, oh, no. we both know that. I, I just don't, don't think Tua will I don't that. like Kyler Murray. Um, this is for a different podcast, I guess. But, you know, I like different Tua, Tua more than I like Kyler Murray. But Tua was just another person that I was like, I'm not sure about. And the rest of their class, I don't know enough about and or care enough about to really speak of. So um, yeah. how many more classes are you going to go, Cole? I want to talk about the Buccaneers a little bit. I like the Buccaneers class. I mean, they grabbed Werfs. They, they grabbed tackle number four off the board. They traded up to do it, which was kind of weird. I don't really think that was super necessary. But, you know, it's not that big of a deal. They didn't give up too much. But Werfs is a good player. At worst, he's going to be a good guard. Um, at best, he'll be a quality tackle, um, which the Bucks badly need. They just need a line help in general. Um, they got to protect Tom Brady. You needed to throw some capital at it. You know, ideally, I think that they would have preferred an Andrew Thomas here, um, but that's I mean, Thomas went four overall. I think you can't complain too much about the fact that he wasn't available. Um, I think that they probably would have looked to jump the Browns had he been there. So I'm very happy that, that Thomas was gone and the Buccaneers stayed put. Uh, but they got worse. They got the tackle they needed to. Winfield is a playmaker. Um, Antoine Winfield, the safety out of Minnesota. I mean, he just, he makes plays across the field. He's undersized. Um, sure. He's not the most, you know, exciting athlete, but he makes plays. He's got good instincts. He can tackle well. He's very consistent. He's just a player. Um, I don't care about the running back. That's a stupid pick. He's not a player who I like that much. Um, and I also don't think that they should have taken a running back there, despite the fact that, you know, they have Tom Brady and kind of need to run the ball. Get a different player. Trade for Kareem Hunt. 
take him. Take him from us. Give us that third-round pick, please. No. That would have been no. so much better for the Bucks. I think everyone would agree. Uh, Anyways, Tyler Johnson, sure. I mean, I, I think everyone who's not a Buccaneers fan would agree with that. Um, <laughs> but Tyler Johnson, he's a good player. You ever watch, like, did you ever watch any Minnesota games? Um, I know that they're big time. If they team. played us. Um, other than that, they just looked like kind of anemic on offense. They had a decent year last year. They really did. I, I enjoyed watching Tyler Johnson. He's crafty out of the slot. He's just kind of a – he's a good fifth-round receiver. I would, have, I would have pegged him to go a little bit after Duvernay. I thought Duvernay is a lot better than Tyler Johnson, but I thought that they were evaluated at a similar level. I don't know. I'm just kind of – I think I'm going to start getting really tired of hearing about the Buccaneers. It's like yeah, I think I got a lot of Buccaneers fatigue already. So that's it hurts me to say that they did well, but those first um well, I guess three of the first four picks I like a lot. So they're they're a winner in my eyes. I don't I, yeah, I just I'm I'm not sure how good they're going to be next year just cuz Tom Brady is old and he played okay last year, but he didn't play great and their their um their wide receivers are kind of predicated on like their ability is kind of predicated on sending the ball down the field. Could Tom Brady still do it? Sure. But um, Mike Evans is a jump ball monster and I'm not sure how many jump balls Brady's going to throw up to him. Um, Godwin, I like, and now they have a bunch of slot ponies there too. So I don't know. They'll probably be all right. Uh, I I'm glad I don't have to play him, uh, play them this, this year as a Ravens fan just because I don't want to hear about it, um, you know, and it'll make me mad if we lose to them. So, <laughs> I don't know. So, <laughs> right. are we ready to move on to the draft dummies? I actually, I actually have three more that I want to talk about, but I'll, I'll blow Jesus through them. Jesus Christ. Um, All right, go ahead. <laughs> so, the, the next thing I want to talk about are the two New York teams. Um, the Giants picking Thomas and McKinney, I mean, with Peppers and McKinney back there, they, they're similar players, but both versatile. Um, I think it'll be fun to watch that play out. Andrew Thomas, it's just exciting for their offense's potential. You need to protect Daniel Jones. You need to give Saquon something to actually run behind besides the thing that they were putting out there the years before. Darnay Holmes, um, good slot corner. And then the rest of the class is kind of just, yeah, you know, they're, they're guys. And then the Jets, Mackay Beck, they, they took an interesting strategy. I think that they were kind of going off of, it really feels like they were going off of name value. Lots of upside picks here. I mean, Mackay Beckton, I don't like him as much as I like Werfs, but as far as just like a big mold of like clay to work with, you know, they don't come much better than Mackay Beckton. So if they can work him out, that's already a smash hit. Denzel yeah. Mims, they, uh, first the, time receiver. The Jets cucked us. We were picking 60, and everyone said we should draft um, Mims. Mims, right. Mims goes the pick before our pick, and then we traded out and gave our pick to the Patriots. So I'm pretty sure that's who we wanted. Um, <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that's who everyone after pick 59 wanted. I can't yeah. believe we got there. That's crazy to me. I really I wanted Mims. At 41. I mean, if, if Delta wasn't there, he was my second pick. Yeah, well, personally, personally, lots of Ravens fans are mad that we drafted Dobbins ahead of Mims. I still don't care. I love Dobbins, but um, Mims, 
I don't know if Mims fits the mold of the receiver the Ravens wanted because they were more no, interested about speed and separation than anything else. Um, Mims has speed and separation. He's more of a well-rounder. I mean, he, I think he comes out like a worse route running Michael Thomas, but not as successful as Michael but, Thomas. With the, like, uh, in that mold of like all-around type of receiver. Again, only speaking from the Ravens fans' perspective, we have tight ends that kind of do something similar. And we're hoping Boykin um, develops into that kind of big all-arounder. Um, yeah, that's true. So I don't know if they, they ha- if this was a pick that um, was given to the Jets just because the Ravens didn't want to, uh, you know, give up on Boykin. But – it's interesting that the Ravens didn't take him, considering our wide receiver need. But I'm happy about it. I don't know. I don't love Sam Dar- Sam Darnold. I think he makes bad decisions. So if if Mims isn't like the strength of Mims is in separation, I'm not sure I we're going to hear a lot of Mims. But yeah, maybe. I agree. He he went to a bad spot for him. I think uh, Ashton Davis, their next pick, the safety out of California. Um, he's a former track star and a walk on, and he just. He battles, man. He's just a baller. He makes plays. He's just all over the place. He's a good safety. I like him a lot in that kind of center fielder role. Um, he's he's that next cut after the the Delphits, the Winfield, the McKinney's. He's that next cut of safety. He he led that pack and was out by himself. So good player there, Bryce Hall, cornerback from Virginia. The last one I want to touch on. Uh, just a solid corner. Pick up a fifth-round player who's probably going to make the team and could even be a decent cornerback three on the team. My favorite so, pick yeah. is Braden Mann in the sixth round just because if you're drafting a punter in the sixth round, he must be amazing. That's just the rules. He must be. It has to be. <laughs> yeah, so I don't make the rules. I just abide by them. So Braden Mann, watch out. He's going to be the punter um, of champions, I'm sure, okay. in the next couple of years. I agree. Absolutely. He's going to kick the ball 90 yards on average. Um, my favorite my favorite uh, class besides the ones that we discussed uh, in the AFC North is the Broncos. Um, they kind of got mixed reviews, kind of middle of the pack. I love Jerry Judy. I, I love Jerry Judy. I kind of wanted him. He was my second choice uh, for the Browns, actually, at uh, 10, which is crazy because they don't need a receiver, especially not one like Judy. But I really like Judy. I think that he has potential to be really darn good in this league. Um, and then to add Hamler immediately after it, just a explosive athlete, separation for days, the wide receiver out of Penn State. I, I mean, think in a great returner. I, I don't, love it. I don't think Hamler has – a good ceiling or floor for me. I think he's he an awful floor. <laughs> I was just watching his tape um, just because the Ravens uh, were linked to him a lot. And he seems to like let the body travel, the ball travel to his body to catch it. He didn't like look like he was catching it with his hands. And I he just doesn't have hand catches at all. <laughs> I was just watching a lot of um, I, And, you know, I grew up watching the Ravens. We can't draft wide receivers to our life. So to save our lives. So I was, familiar with the alligator arm aspect of catching the ball where you just kind of clamp it over your chest after it hits your stomach. I hate that. So if he can't catch, he's not worth uh, useful to me. So I don't know. It, I think he's Ted Ginn. I think he's at least Ted Ginn. 
I don't, I don't know if I would draft a Ted Ginn in the second round, though. I, I think I would. I mean, with the amount of, like, swings and misses that go out there, I would go – I would grab Ted Ginn there. I, I like the pick. That they're and comparing just to him. have oh, – go ahead. With Drew Locke, with Cortland Sutton, with Jerry Judy, that's, that's all of a sudden a fun offense. And I think they have Melvin Gordon now too, right? Yes. Yeah, that's a fun offense. I am excited to watch Denver Broncos uh, offensive football. I don't know. I don't like um, Melvin Gordon just because he's not a yak or um, yards per carry guy. He just kind no, of like not. runs in the middle of tackles and just gets no yards. Um, <laughs> but uh, they have Philip Lindsay, I guess, for the scat back. They type. do. And so, then the other guy, their other running back, I don't remember his name. They drafted him in the same draft as Lindsay. Booker. They didn't draft Lindsay. Yeah. Um, and it's just going to be a fun offense to watch. And they added Albert O, whose only good season came Echo with Boone Drew Locke. There. Yeah, there you go. Woo. That's that, that, I just wanted him because his name was fun and he was fast. But we did it get is. him, so I, I'm glad. Want to say it again? Let's, e- let's let the people hear that. Aquabunam? Or Aquabunam? Yeah, it's whatever it is. Yeah. They also have Justin Strand, who is missing a vowel in his name, S-T-R-N-A-D. <laughs> yeah. Um, Natane sounds- Muti, who's, I think, maybe the best guard in this class if he weren't hurt. Yeah, maybe. So, yeah. I don't and know. I, I, just, I just like Justin Strand because his name sounds like a cough. Like, or a sneeze, maybe. I, I, maybe that's the only way you can pronounce his name is if you're pretending to cough. Or sneeze. Go ahead and give a shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. All right, I'll let you get into your your right. disappointment draft, draft dummies. First overall selection, uh, Jordan Love. What are you doing, Packers? Aaron Rodgers is what thirty-seven. In in a world not, where not old enough. You know, in a world where players are playing into their 40s in the quarterback position. Aaron Rodgers doesn't look like a man who really, like, looks out of shape, doesn't look like he he could survive a couple more years at the very least. They just signed him to an extension not too long ago, so they can't move from him for at least three years. So if, if, you, if you're under the philosophy that you need to win your Super Bowl windows when your um, quarterback is in their first contract, you've eaten up three of uh, Jordan Love's years. So you have a fourth year and a potential fifth year option on a player you drafted in the first round. That's basically the only value you have. So also Jordan Love has upside for sure, but he also could really suck. And there's a, so you're basically spending a first round pick on something that could happen four years down the line when you were in the NFC championship last year. Don't know what you're doing. Um, your, the rest of your draft class sucks too because you needed a wide receiver. You didn't get a single one, so congratulations. And they in the draft with which a lot of um, draft analysts said were like the best draft class maybe ever. You drafted none, so congratulations, you did that good. Um, uh, we have a guy from Cincinnati who says Josiah Deguara is good, but I don't know. I didn't hear, hear about him, so maybe not in the third round. And uh, you took 45 offensive linemen in the sixth and seventh round. So congratulations on that. It's just weird to me. It feels like they 
committed to middling. Like as you have your quarterback proceed into his decline. I mean, he was drafted a year after Big Ben. Um, and Big Ben is they they didn't draft quarterback yet. I mean, to everyone's kind of shocked. So I guess it makes sense from the sense if you compare them to Steelers, like it's time to replace your guy. But you can't you can't commit that level of capital when you're still committed for another three years to your quarterback. Because once you do, as you made the point, you're going to have to pay him really soon after that if he is good. And if he's bad, then what was the point at all? Yeah. Like, put all of your chips into the table right now. You were just in the NFC Championship. Try and win a Super Bowl. That's all you can do anymore. You cannot set up a dynasty right now. It's not going to work. That's just not how it works. You need to put your chips in the table, try and win. If you don't win, tear it down, restart. All right, so that leads, that leads yeah, me into the next um, big old dummies uh, person on my list, team on my list. That's the Eagles. And I don't hate the pick as much as I hate the explanation. So the explanation that Howie Roseman gave post-draft for picking Jalen Hurts in the second round is he wants the Eagles to become a quarterback factory. And I think what he did is he drank the Nick Foles Kool-Aid and decided that, you know, we need a amazing backup quarterback because that's what we're missing to make it into the playoffs. So like I get Carson Wentz got hurt in the playoffs last year, but how many teams are too deep on quarterback? Like, for example, if Tom Brady missed significant time, guess what the Patriots did? They just didn't make the playoffs. It's fine. It just happens to everybody. And you can't draft, especially in the second round, preparing for an injury to the most important player. I think it's dumb. Uh, I'm, I don't think – I think they overdrafted Jalen Rieger too. So that's also kind of dumb. Uh, really? I like Rieger. Oh, I guess where he went was a little bit of a reach. But I, I don't hate it. I think that pick is okay. I think but it, okay. I mean, I'm just saying it compounds because you drafted yes. Rager, which is at best a little questionable, and then you immediately draft Jalen Hurts. It's like, what are you doing? Because they they are in a division in which they can win lots of games. Like maybe the Cowboys okay. got significantly better than the draft. It's no real way of knowing, but the rest of their team, the teams in their division, are trash. Like, so you play. Uh, in a division where you can probably win uh, maybe four games at the very least three. And you're going to be like, uh, you know, let's draft a Taysom Hill. Cause that's the, that's another part of the explanation that I hated. And they're like, we can use them in a Taysom Hill like package. Uh, guess where the saints got Taysom Hill. <laughs> he was undrafted. So if you're going to have a, you know, gadget player that could, produ- uh, could contribute, but only in gimmick plays, you can get one much later. The Saints actually got one much later from Ty- uh, with Tyler Stevens from Penn State, right? That's where he was from? The Tyler Stevens? Yeah. Is that, is that yeah, his I name? I have no idea. I have no idea who that is. Tommy Stevens from Mississippi State. Um, oh, they, yeah. they say he's exactly the same as uh, – he's kind of like a Taysom Hill. So if you were going for a Taysom Hill – I mean, you can get one much later. If you're going for a backup quarterback, why the hell are you drafting one in the second round? And Jalen Jalen Hurts um, doesn't really play the same way that Carson Wentz does. Not so even a little. 
you could probably get one of the um, fourth or fifth round picks. Uh, what's East Jacob Eason and uh, I keep on forgetting the guy from Georgia. Um, but he came out early and then went in the fifth round because he was dumb and he went to the Jets. So let me look that up. Or the Bills, maybe it was the Bills. So while okay. I'm while I'm here's looking up, only yes. here's the only possible justification that I could ever assume. They thought he was a first round talent which I think is questionable to begin with, but this is the justification that makes sense to me that makes me not hate the pick as much. They think he's a first-round talent. They think that there's a chance that they could work with him for a year, maybe two years, and then all of a sudden he's going to be better than Carson Wentz. And then you can say, okay, well, we can trade Carson Wentz for probably a first-round pick to a quarterback needy team because they don't know that Carson Wentz is going to be like a what? 27, 28-year-old quarterback who is proven to be able to play um, in this league. And if it's like the Bears, I'm sure the Bears would trade a first-round pick for Carson Wentz. Um, maybe maybe that'll work. And then they can have their guy come over, and then all it cost them was nothing. It cost them moving from the second to the first round much later on, uh, which well, is kind of I a wash. But. I didn't think about um... – First of all, Carson Wentz only... is 27 yes. right now. So if he's oh, yes. so if he's going to be traded, he's going to be a 29-year-old quarterback. You're not getting a yep. first-round pick for that, I would imagine. You might be able to, but I would say it's harder than it is easy. Second of yeah. all, um, they basically won't be able to know what Jalen Hurts is as a quarterback until Carson Wentz gets hurt. So yes. your pick is only useful if – your um, franchise quarterback that you paid lots of money is not on the field. And correct. they were comparing it. And to your having... evaluations on a risky pick were correct. It's, it's too many. Well, what if this, what if this, what if this? But yes. If all things line up perfectly, it's a good pick. But if one of those things fails, you've wasted a second round pick. And they were saying that they could um, run like Lamar Jackson packages that the Ravens ran in 2018 before Lamar became the starter. Those sucked. Those weren't good. I don't. I don't know if you anybody actually watched those tapes and watched the um, the play that Lamar uh, plays that Lamar were in, where Flacco was also in, and those were awful. Flacco would do nothing because you don't want your franchise quarterback to run a route and then get clocked, so he would <laughs> do nothing, and then Lamar would basically just scramble up the middle. So if, if that's what you're going for to get like a three yard gain on a trick play. Go for it. But I guess these these are the people who um, built a statue honoring a trick play in the Super Bowl. So maybe they're just in love with that idea. That's, it's so silly to me. All right, who's next? Uh, I have to speak a little bit about the, uh, the Seahawks. How are you going to draft Jordan Brooks over Patrick Queen? I'm not, I'm not complaining, but you big old dummies. <laughs> I am. You I'm don't complaining do that. about that. Yeah, the NFC, the AFC North is not happy for you to draft a player that most were projecting in third round in the first ahead of a player that was almost a consensus first round pick. So maybe it was a, um, you know, experience thing. I can't speak to how many years Jordan Brooks were the was the starter in Texas Tech, but you think about it this way: Would you rather take one year of really really good production? in the SEC or I guess a couple years of okay production in Texas tech. 
I don't I don't get it. But maybe you can seems, speak of it because you liked Jordan Brooks more than I did. I, I liked him more than you did. I don't like him nearly that much. I would have I told you, I mean he's I think I had him as linebacker. Uh I probably five or six. I mean, it kind of gets muddy after a while, but for me, it was, it was queen. It was Murray. Um, it was, I don't know, probably six. Then it was for me, it was queen Murray, uh, Logan Wilson, uh, Willie Gay, Akeem Davis, Geither, um, and then probably Jordan Brooks. And then Malik Harrison, I think is, is the way that I had it shaken out. Um, obviously, Isaiah Simmons not included in that because he's a better player than all of them, but more of a safety, if you ask me. Um, so yeah, I, mean, I guess I, I next... why why Jordan Brooks? Why Jordan Brooks over Patrick Queen? It doesn't make sense. It's a stupid move. My next one, I guess, would have to be the Texans. You traded away DeAndre Hopkins. And to replace him, you got a guy who's basically a walking concussion, Randall Cobb, who's a walking uh, hamstring injury, and then um, the only wide receiver you drafted was Isaiah Coulter in the fifth round. Maybe Isaiah Coulter is amazing, but you're, you had draft capital and you didn't really address the pick. The player you sent out the door needless, uh, needlessly wasn't really replaced in a way that really made sense. So yeah, and it's not like he was a. It's not like they had a surplus there. They, he's a twenty-seven-year-old superstar wide receiver on a team that now is, needs wide receivers arguably more than anyone in the NFL. Uh, especially what, after week, what are you week doing? three. After week three, Will Fuller would be like dead on the ground, and probably Randall Cobb will have like four Randall or five hamstring problems, and then uh, I'm sure uh, he. It's, it's getting to the point where Brandon Cook should consider retirement because I'm not sure he has a functional brain. Like, I, as many concussions as he has had. And don't get me wrong, I like Brandon Cooks, but he's never on the field. So maybe, maybe I'm wrong. It's a good chance it's, that I'm wrong, but it just seems dumb to me. It's tough. I don't, I, don't, I don't get the philosophy there, but, I mean, we could go in. We could go for so long talking about Bill O'Brien and his – his seemingly desire to ruin Deshaun Watson's very promising career. I mean, the kid's going to be throwing to himself pretty soon. You're going to see like the backyard football quarterback throws to himself. So that way he can run with the ball. If they say, Oh, quarterback can't run. That's like, that's what you're getting to Deshaun Watson. It's like watching a great player play for the Browns. They're just completely wasting his potential and it hurts. You can already tell us. You can already tell it's starting to affect him. He just, he just gets really antsy in the pocket. If there's any sort of pressure, he loses his mind, takes his his uh, eyes off the uh, receivers downfield, and just starts to scramble a little bit. You can tell uh, this is just, bas- basically what happened during the Ravens game where we annihilated the Texans. We were giving him a little pressure, and he just lost his mind. And yeah, just wait till he doesn't have a the most like dominant, second most dominant wide receiver in the NFL to throw to when he's under pressure just just wait till he doesn't have that safety blanket anymore it's going to go so much better he's going to be even more relaxed in the pocket i promise especially because he's got that washed up running back behind him i'm sure that'll help yeah and uh, washed up plural like there's more than one so (laughs) 
Uh, I guess the only other team I would really want to talk about is the Patriots, and maybe they're the smartest team in the room. But they just drafted a bunch of randos, man. Like Kyle Duggar, he's a good player, sure, but could you have gotten him later? Absolutely. Josh Uche or, Uche, or whatever his name is, um, okay. He doesn't really have a position in the NFL. He's too small to be an edge rusher, especially in a 3-4 scheme, just because, you know, he's a linebacker. He was like 6-1-2-20 or maybe even less. He's not fast enough to really do outside, um, you know, coverage responsibilities, I wouldn't think. Maybe he develops into an amazing player, but this I watched every single uh, Michigan game we played, uh, Ohio State played against him. I never heard his name before. So maybe yeah. maybe I'm I'm stupid. They're smart, but I don't know. Anthony really Jennings. Like oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, it really felt like they were trying to outsmart everyone else in the draft. Like it just it felt like we're gonna take this guy. We don't care if you haven't drafted like 30 40 60 picks from now we're going to take him right now because we think he's the best player available and sure that makes sense but a good portion of the draft is understanding what players are going to be drafted when and knowing how to maximize that value taken yeah. as well as just taking the best players yeah because I mean, they traded up for josh Uche, right with us I the ravens so. yeah, yeah, they we, so they didn't need to do that i wouldn't have thought um, I wouldn't be surprised if he was there at 87. So maybe he wouldn't have been, but you definitely didn't need to trade up to 60. And yeah. Anthony Jennings was a consensus, like fifth or sixth round pick in any like mock draft simulator I was doing. So either everyone else is wrong or Bill Belichick is right. You, why are you taking a kicker in the fifth round? I don't know. And then, I don't really have a problem with every other pick that they had, except there's a guy named Cass Moluya who has his name spelled K or a C A S S H. Um, what's with the extra S I'm confused. So I don't like him either. <laughs> um, we should talk about the charges a little bit. Do you like Josh, Justin Herbert? No. Um, okay. I don't like Justin Herbert either. I think that they really could have waited. I think that they should have tried to trade down maybe with one of the tackle-hungry teams like the Jets or the, the Buccaneers, so that way they could get ahead of the Browns um, and gotten their pick. I mean, I'm happy they didn't. I'm happy that the Chargers stayed put and took Herbert. Uh, maybe they could have got Simmons and then tried to trade back up for Herbert. I just don't think taking Justin Herbert at six overall was necessary. I don't really care about when they took him. I just don't like him so much as a player. The, the, my philosophy on quarterbacks is I'd rather draft a brain with average talent than a, a guy who makes terrible decisions with really good projectable NFL talent. Like, yeah. it's harder to fix decision-making, in my opinion, just because when all bets are off, things are going fast, he's going to revert to back what he I mean, used to do. You can't say it's harder to fix decision-making. It's impossible to fix physical constraints. Well, you but can improve they some of it. Less. They, yeah, they but matter. like Tom Brady is not a physical freak by no. any measure. And he had one of the greatest, if not the greatest quarterbacking careers of ever. So yeah. it's like my problem with Sam Darnold, right? Sam Darnold has all the tools, but he makes bad decisions when it matters. So, yeah. you know. Josh, Josh Allen is, is with that, but, but sometimes it works out. Like Lamar Jackson was a traits guy, you know? I know, like, but he also he, made he good decisions in a 
he also made good decisions in a um, pro scheme, right? Uh, yeah. Louisville had I mean, a pro fair. scheme for him. But what makes Lamar special is his physical abilities. That I know. I'm not unparalleled. saying. I'm not saying you shouldn't balance mental for physical, yeah, uh, mental and physical abilities. I'm saying be, if his mental ability is dumb, right? He makes poopy decisions. He doesn't see the field well, and his physical traits are what you're banking on. I would say it's almost guaranteed he's going to revert back to what got him here. And what is so it? Do you like Jarrett Stidham? I don't, I don't care. It doesn't really do it for me. Um, I think he's gonna. I think he's a good processor. I mean, I, I like him almost as much as I like Justin Herbert. Well, Bill Belichick always likes those quarterbacks who makes decisions, good decisions quickly. So if he can do yeah. that, then that's fine. But you know, he doesn't scream. I'm, I'm an amazing quarterback. If he did, he wouldn't have been drafted in the fourth round or whatever. Yeah, that's true. I mean, but you can't discount physical traits because those can separate people too. You just need to be. You need to be at least plus in both categories. Like, it's a non-starter if you're a negative mental processor. Well, like you're, you're, you can't play. Think about you it this way, though. A, yeah. Jordan Love was drafted with the 27th overall – or 26th overall pick. Is he – he basically has the same problem that um, Justin Herbert does. He makes throws. You're like, why did you do that? And then, you know – it's a difference between drafting sixth overall or drafting 26th overall, at least in my opinion. I, I don't, yeah. I don't see it again. I, I think that they should have traded down. I just, it doesn't make sense or at least taking a different player, take Isaiah Simmons or have a crazy fun defense to watch. And, yeah. and why would you trade up for a linebacker for a, not for a good linebacker, but not ultra dynamic, not game changing linebacker i mean kent murray has all of the intangibles all of the character positives that you want apparently people loved him in interviews which made yeah. me kind of want him to um but trading up for a linebacker he needs to be as good as two players or at least as good of a chance as two players a would have had to pan out probability of that happening are, are relatively low and then you compound that with a of the next pick that you take being running back in the fourth round, I guess it's fine. I just don't really like Joshua Kelly. Uh, yeah. But. So basically the, the, I don't think the chargers were like one or two players away. And when you trade a good portion of your draft away to get Kenneth Murray, I, I don't know. Yeah. You, you're not going to win super. Like that's a super bowl win move. And that's a, that's an all chips in type of move. And then doing that in the same draft after you drafted a rookie quarterback that people – he's the quarterback three in the group. I don't know. It's, it doesn't – those things don't make sense. But K.J. Hill in seventh is pretty good. We know he yeah. can run some routes. We watched him a lot. So. He was consistent. He didn't do anything that was really groundbreaking at Ohio State, but sometimes you don't need a player like that. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would not have been upset about a team taking him in the fourth round. So to get him in the seventh, I think that's good value. You know, I – I wouldn't be stoked about it, but he's going to last on an NFL team. He can be a productive slot wide receiver. So, yeah, good, that's good for them there. That's a basically anything I really had to say. I guess the last thing I should talk about is uh, just watching Ohio State play. I don't think Damon Arnett was a first round pick, but yeah. 
you know, especially with the character concerns to compound that. Ohio State has kind of developed in a cornerback U, so maybe yeah, and defensive end U. <laughs> yeah, so maybe um, I he develops, but he's an older player too, so he he doesn't have a lot of physical talent. Um, he's not slow, but he's definitely not fast. He's not he's big, but he's not huge, and I don't know. He yeah. didn't do anything special, in my opinion. He's an all-arounder. He reminds me of Christian Fulton, but the only difference is Christian Fulton is, like, not a character problem and better. <laughs> Played against better receivers in his tenure and did it for a longer period of time. I think he's younger. I, I don't get it. I like Christian Fulton. Why would it, It's weird. Like, don't outsmart everyone else. Your evaluations aren't dramatically better than the consensus board. Um, yeah, you know, and you can if you want what, to take him, trade down, trade down and take him. You could say what you want about Henry Ruggs, but I don't know. It, did you need to draft him twelfth overall? Like he yeah, went. Did you need to draft him over Judy and four, Lamb? Maybe yeah. they said that those guys were going to be gone, and then they fell in love with Ruggs after that, and then they're just like, well. I guess I don't know what to do anymore. We we still take rugs, right? Yeah, we do it. I, what are you doing? Why? Yeah, they they drafted they drafted Lynn Bowden to be a running back. I don't know about that. I thought he was going to be a wide receiver. And so, it, regardless of where they use him, they drafted three wide receivers potentially within the first three rounds. I do they need all of those? I don't know. Seems silly. I don't know. Raiders are doing weird stuff as well. Do yeah. you want to get into um, our our win loss projections for our teams? I I don't think we've been on here too too long. Uh, I think it's it's uh, it's getting there. We can do the projection. Um, we can do the projection of the schedule um, more in depth in another episode. But if you want to if you want to toss in your record project, um, projection, that's fine. I'm cool. I can just come up with a number. You got you got your number. All right, I'll, um, I'll let me pull up mine. the schedule again. Okay. Um, I honestly think, you know, when you consider the possible COVID constraints, the reliance on rookie immediate impact, the transition from, you know, having a new coach in there, a new system, there's a lot of things that really just aren't working with the Browns this season. Um, I think they'll be better. Um but they need time, and that's the opposite of what they're going to be getting. Uh, I still think they're going to be a good football team. Uh, the the pick that I have for them, I think they're going to be nine and seven. So I just saw something weird about a our schedule. So our preseason games, and we might not even play those this year, but two of our preseason games are scheduled later, in, uh, like – Two of the teams we play in the preseason are also on our regular season schedule, and I don't know. That's yeah, really both, weird. Both the Cowboys and the Redskins. We generally play the Redskins just because they're regionally like super close to us, but we play the Cowboys, and it's week two, so maybe we just won't play anybody if we do play that game, but I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. We definitely won't play, play uh, people on week four. That's but, a really weird scheduling quirk. Yeah, the, the interesting thing about the Ravens' schedule – um we we have a really beneficial schedule in terms of strength of schedule last year and um 
you know, we also don't travel a whole lot. But we have five primetime games, so maybe if we play those primetime games like we play playoff games, that'll be bad. But just thinking about it just from a pure win-loss perspective, I think there's a good to pretty good chance that we'll go like 12 and 4. I don't see us going anything less Lame. Weak. Weak. 10 and 6. A pathetic projection. 12 and 4? That's like your floor. What do you want me to say? 13 and 3 are better. All right. So let's. Why, why don't I go through my schedule and then maybe if we run out of time, and I'll, we'll do I'll just next. rapid fire. I'll, yeah. we'll, the, the next one we'll go into detail about each, like each matchup that we have, how our teams fare yeah. against that. We'll go matchup by matchup. We'll, we'll dive into it. We'll go in detail. I like that idea, but just rapid fire. I'm, I'm just going to say win loss and we're okay. going to, we're going to count at the end. Oh, okay. So, we play the Browns at home week one. I think we win you just because yeah. you don't have a lot of preparation time. Oh, we my play, God. No, that's, we play at, at Houston week two. At, um, win. I think that's a win, too. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs Monday night at home. I think that's that could fun. be a win, but I that's think that's one flip. of the games let's, we would lose. Let's call it a loss. Yeah, I'm going to call let's it call a it loss. loss. So we play the Redskins at the Redskins. Uh, I think win. we win. We play Bengals at home. I think we win. We play Eagles on the road. I think we win. Um, Steelers um, at home. I say we win that one. I think you win that one. Then we have a bye. Then we play at the Colts. I think we win. Yep. At the Patriots. I think we win. At Titans at or, or at home versus the Titans. I think we have a good chance of winning. I think you crush them. I think you guys are mad about it. I think you crush them. But here's where it starts to get weird. Um, so the Steelers, right? Uh, we generally split with the Steelers. We beat them a lot recently, but we're playing at the Steelers on Thanksgiving at night. So 820. Um, I think we are losing that one. I think you guys win that. I, I, don't, I don't love so, so with the my Steelers. Schedule, with my schedule project, projection, I'm not – I'm giving any game I feel unsure about as kind of a like loss. a loss. Okay. I think all, right. but all this, one, the, this one's my reaction to the Ravens schedule. We'll go uh, into well, yours. I'm almost done. Breakdown. I'm almost done. Okay. Okay. So I think I'm not worried about the Cowboys and we're playing the Cowboys at home and they don't, they're not a good road team. Or at least what went last year. I'm going to give the Browns week 14 at the Browns. It's a Monday night game again. Um, I think you win that one. Jacksonville Jaguars suck. So no. Um, that's a win. Giants, I'm not scared of them. That's a win. And I think the uh, the Bengals might sneak out a win week 17. So you think you're going to go three and three in the division? No. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. So three there's, and three in the division, and then we'll lose to the Chiefs. There's no way you guys go three. You guys are going over 500 in the division. You're going to you're going to sweep more than the Bengals. It's going the you will sweep either the Browns or the Steelers. You'll sweep at least one. See, I, I don't know. Just because it's a new year, um, and with all the preparation, like Lamar definitely needs to work on his passing. So maybe there's there's some truth to saying that the defensive coordinators might figure out our stuff. I doubt it. Just because you can figure it out doesn't mean you can stop it. But yeah. I don't know. 
I don't feel like any of these games are like super losable. Like I think that we'll have a good chance in every single one of them. Um, I mean, I think you guys are the best team in the NFL. So I think by default, you have a, you have a good chance to win any game that you, you step into. Um, but I also saw a, a fun fact about the Ravens schedule is that we are one of a few teams that don't play any teams coming off a bye. So we basically have the same prep time as every single opponent we play. And you so, guys have the least travel, right? Yeah, and I would say our team is the hardest to, um, you know, prepare for prepare just because we're so different. Uh, that I think it's a good good chance we're in the contention for a first-round bye. Um, there's only one of those this year. So, personally, I don't really want it. I don't care. Um, I, I'd rather just see them – because they're a momentum team. They need They need just to, like – annihilate people and then build up their confidence the longer that they sit the worse they are yeah but they're also veteran laden on defense like you need to get them some rest uh it's not the defense i'm so worried about it's the offense i just i'm worried if there might be a mental impact on losing two playoff games the way that they did yeah and and you worry about how much they're going to stroke their own ego going into this like are they they're so young on offense like are they going to say all right we've been anointed you know like we don't need to work as hard anymore. Like we are think, the best. I think they might have gotten them that out of their system by the Titans game. I hope uh, so. I for, hope for so. Just because they were, they were really. I wouldn't say they were cocky. They were just really happy, and they they knew that they were good. Um, they they weren't like trash talking. The only player on our team that actually trash talked was Earl Thomas, and we don't need to talk about him right now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I I just. I think that they might have been humbled, and I like when Lamar is humbled. Except that we won't have a full off season to really like work on stuff. So it's just it's it's a question mark for me. I think there's a few games we have a better chance of losing than others, obviously. But um, I think for the most part, we're going to be pretty good. Yep, I, I disgustingly I agree with you on that. So, uh, but yeah, we'll 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 break into it a little bit more uh, the next time that we. Well, how about next uh, time? Next time we'll just do an AFC North um, record prediction. Yeah. And um, that way we can just kind of like predict the rankings. Uh, yeah, we can but, we can figure it out as we go. Like as yeah. we we go each individual matchup, we'll talk about how the Bengals like line up versus. Um, the Browns in, in week two. Uh, if if it is as long, that might be like a two-part episode, which I'm fine with yeah. doing. We just might need to break that up. Um, but I think we're all set on this episode. I think so. And then uh, we both – we got something in the works uh, coming up a little bit about roster construction. Yeah, a little fun, um, once fun we game. The, the, yeah, a little fun game once we hit the kind of dead point of the off season when there's no camps to be talked about nothing going on hopefully people will be returning to work uh sometime soon so maybe we'll be a little bit less bored Uh, but we'll see (laughs) all right well thanks for listening hope to see you next time